you're listening to Table Chat. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. We're full-time dietitians and part-time pizza slash taco enthusiasts. This is our show, where we talk food, nutrition, and whatever else we feel like. So come sit around our table and chat, because the more you know, the more you can eat. Hey, Erin. Hey. How's it going? It's going good. How about you? I am doing awesome. Things are going great. (laughs) I almost said I'm going great, and I was like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) So before we get started on our episode today, we just want to encourage all of you, if you can, to please leave us an iTunes review. We love, obviously, getting your comments and your emails and your likes, but we would really appreciate a review if you are enjoying the show. Yep. We've talked about it before. It just helps other people find our show easier. It makes it more searchable on iTunes. So anyway, we just want to be able to reach more people, have more friends. It's really just selfish. We want to have more friends. (laughs) And of course, other selfish reasons. We like hearing nice things about ourselves. (laughs) So if you go and leave a comment and say that we have great hair and then email us. Oh. I just came up with this. Okay. We'll send you a special surprise. We will. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know what we'll send you yet, but if you were the first one to do that, we'll send you something. Give us your address. Or maybe we'll just tell you. <laughs> or we'll just come visit your house and really creep you out. Okay, so we're definitely not going to get any reviews, so <laughs> moving right along. Um, for our show today, we are talking all about sleep all gotta do it Mm -hmm. we are going to be diving into the relationship between sleep and health as well as our personal sleep habits our nighttime rituals what we wear to bed (laughs) because you all i'm sure can't live anymore without knowing oh my god yeah and which of us has a diagnosed sleep disorder (laughs) all right but first let's eat Today, Erin made us a little uh, breakfast-inspired recipe because (laughs) what is sleep if not time travel to breakfast, right? Let's let's be real. Yeah, so tell me all about what is in front of us right now. Well, this is a big one because we are cooking finally with our girl crush, Chrissy Teigen. Her cookbook, Cravings. Mm -hmm. Shout out to April, who actually a while ago suggested that we cook out of Chrissy Teigen's cookbook. She did, yeah. Because all three of us have major girl crushes on Chrissy Teigen. I mean, she's hashtag goals. Here we are with the hashtags. here we are. Back at it again with the hashtags. Seriously. Okay, so little little story time before. Um, I was at Target the other day, and I was doing a little retail therapy session. Okay. Don't really do that often, but I felt like it. So um, (laughs) I was walking through the book section, and all of the books were like 30% off. So I was like... This is probably the best time for me to just go get the cookbook. I've oh right! I mean, you're it. already there. Already there. Okay. I don't know. That's it's an so, omen or something. Yeah. Wait, is an omen negative? Uh, yeah. It was a sign well, from an angel. <laughs> well, you know, this is probably another podcast topic, but I think in terms of like Harry Potter, there's like good omens and then there's okay. bad omens. Okay. Anyway. So on a future episode called Nerd Fest, we'll talk more about that. So for now, you're at Target. Good things aligned. Good things aligned. And so I got the cookbook. And I, you and I, we love cookbooks. Like we talk about them a lot. We love reading them. And I think the ones that probably like resonate resonate the most with us are those that have stories. Yes. And this one is so freaking funny. Hilarious. Every before every recipe is just like a little story that she's written, just about like why or where they got the ideas from. Um, and this one, it just doesn't disappoint. Yes. Um, so yeah, in honor of sleep, I made us some little like, like brunch, I guess. Brunchy breakfast. Brunchy breakfast. Yeah. So the first recipe that I have is one called cheeseless, cheesy scrambled eggs. Mm. Um, I wanted to do like a little sweet and savory. So that's the first one. And then the, the second recipe, let me flip to it, is a yellow cake baked oatmeal. Oof. 
right? Yeah. I, right. Sounds kind of like, you just like, okay, cool. Maybe I've had scrambled eggs before. But <laughs> this one is all about the technique. And so I'll read you a little bit about what she wrote. Okay. This takes a bit of time, but I promise you, they're called my cheesy, cheeseless eggs for a reason. They come out so rich and dense and creamy. It's all just in the technique with a little heavy cream. <laughs> so basically, like, I was just, like, stirring and stirring and stirring. And you kind of just want to create, like, custardy eggs with... Okay. With the help of cream. And when you say stirring, like stirring, scrambling the egg. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah, so basically you're creating an egg mixture. Kind of looks like melted ice cream, I guess you could call it. Okay. In in a bowl. So I've got like lots of eggs. I've got some heavy cream. I've got salt and pepper. Um, And this is actually the way that my grandmother makes eggs. Okay. So I'm pretty used to this like cream addition. All right. And I've never had this kind of texture texture uh, (laughs) technique before yeah so you you put them in a in a pan over like low to medium heat you do a lot of stirring so kind of pretend like you're making a risotto or something okay stir 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 until i see you risotto exactly so that tarts so that tarts (laughs) until it starts to curdle um and yeah and then just you've got scrambled eggs so i've I've got some high expectations okay we'll see so to go along with the scrambled eggs she recommends um these like kind of blackened burst cherry tomatoes and if side note (laughs) if you have been on instagram yeah um they have a new feature which is quite a lot like snapchat you can make a story with pictures and videos and overlay text Mm -hmm. and so just as a future reference, we'll be hiding lots of behind the scenes on there. Oh my god, yeah. And we posted a little picture of Aaron Jesus almost burning the tomatoes. Like it was like it was it was like fire and brimstone. It was. <laughs> it was. So but I think it's because you're supposed to put I mean, basically, you're supposed to put the cherry tomatoes in a super, super hot skillet. Uh-huh. I use my cast iron. I forget that it gets, like, ridiculously really? hot. Yeah. And then they, um, so they burst, like, immediately, yeah. obviously. And we've got them over the scrambled eggs. Yes. Yeah. And then to go along with that, the yellow cake baked oatmeal um, is kind of exactly what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, if you've ever had baked oatmeal, you basically mix a oatmeal together with some additional, like, flavors and stuff and you bake it well this one you do oatmeal plus the addition of about two cups of yellow cake mix so it's dessert pretending to be breakfast which is the best kind of breakfast yeah let's again be real yeah (laughs) Yeah. and there's a special place in my heart for yellow cake mix okay as a kid i used to do a lot of playing around with like cake mixes and different recipes so anyway this is like like I'm hearkening back to yes, that era. Totally. <laughs> um, and the description in this one is funny as well. Um, that's right, buddy. Watching us come up with this recipe was like watching a group of stoners, except I'm not into pot or weed or ganja or whatever it's called these days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so can you imagine what weed does to me? Actually, maybe I'll go full opposite. And I'm like, dude, let's go get a salad. (laughs) That'd be awesome. So anyway, this, um, was just kind of intriguing to me and I had all the ingredients. Yeah. And so in addition to the oatmeal and stuff, you've got, um, I put blueberries instead of raspberries. As she suggests. As she suggests, but whatever. But you did put, what else? uh, Peaches. Oh, wait, these are peaches? Well, oh, yes, actually. See? Nectarines. Okay, so, so we use, Erin used mm-hmm. nectarines. She said, Chrissy peaches. says peaches and raspberries. But you mm-hmm. know what? Cool. Let's just try it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about um, recipes? I think they... both were pretty simple to make, to cool. be honest. And didn't really require a whole lot of, like, super effort. Um, lots of mixing, stirring, and just having fun. Ooh, I am so excited to try. Me too. Should, what should we try first? Um, What's the cheese plate let's... fashion? Ooh. Eggs. Maybe eggs first? Yeah. Okay. And then grab a tomato, I think. Uh-huh. I like that. Oh, yum. They're very fluffy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. you know what is so funny? Let me speak with my mouth not completely full. <laughs> I feel like when I go to like a hotel or something, I'm yeah. not talking like a real nice hotel. I'm talking mm-hmm. about a hotel that's got a continental breakfast for free. Mm-hmm. Either way, like I just feel like their eggs are always fluffy. And yeah. I'm always like, how did you do that? Yeah. This is probably it. Yeah. I always put a bunch of cream in their eggs. Yeah. 
creamy eggs. Oh, yeah. mm, I think they're really good, but I could eat eggs all day, every day. I like eggs too. Mm-hmm. I like the tomatoes with it. Mm-hmm. It, they definitely bursted, and I like. I do have some that have some blackened skin. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're real good. Yeah, I think on my part. Well, again, like we're eating because this is podcast life. We tend to eat things when they're a little colder. <laughs> I know <laughs> we like make it and then have to be like, okay, let's so. go do other stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're so they're a little cold right now. But I think they're they're good. Uh-huh. I think they're they're really good. I like her technique a lot. Um, a lot of her recipes in the book, there's, I mean, both of these recipes combined are pretty dairy heavy. <laughs> yeah, I so, know. Sorry, vegans and yeah, people with lactose milk problems. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> but I like the addition of the tomatoes. You've got some like acid, I think, that helps offset the fat that's in here. Well, I've already eaten more than half of my eggs. I'm just like going to town. Mm-hmm. Should we try the Let's baked it. oatmeal dish? Yeah. So yellow cake, baked oatmeal. It looks pretty. Like, it does. We've talked about like you know dishes that you want to be easy, but you want to impress and fake out all your friends and loved ones mm-hmm. because... Even though they accept you for who you are, you need to always prove to them that you You're are worthy. impressive. <laughs> so this just, it looks really pretty. Yeah, and you could make this maybe like the night before. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This is like very custardy. I was just about to say the same thing. Yeah. It tastes like custard. It does. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I really like it, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, this is very custardy, and then it has kind of like a crunchier top to it. Yeah, especially if you get those edge pizzas, mm-hmm. you know, the lasagna cutting style we've mentioned before. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm eating cake. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's like a bread pudding. Yeah, bre- that's what I was looking for. And then you get kind of like a hit of oatmeal, and you're like, oh, hell, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> Fiber. Fiber. <sort> yeah. <laughs> Fruit. Mmm. I kind of um, just want to keep eating it. I know we should. So, anything else to say? Oh, we gotta rate these. I think because everything's cold, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably give it about a four. I think. Both. Wait, which which one? Oh yeah, sorry. There's two dishes. So let's see. Well, I love eggs. So probably four point five on the eggs. I think this, like the baked, the yellow cake probably give about four i think oh one more thing when i was making this i think i would give it a four just because i had to cook it like way longer okay than it was suggested so i kind of don't know if you did it right if i did it right or if it should have been like a different texture okay so that's my only thing i i would give the baked oatmeal cake deliciousness a four Honestly, it'd be really good right out of the oven with some ice cream on it. Yes, that's like, kind of what I was thinking, like a cobbler or something. Yeah, it's honestly very much like, a kind cobbler. of reminding me of cobbler. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying eat ice cream for breakfast. I'm also saying do whatever do. you want. <laughs> but the eggs, I would give a um, 3.5 mm-hmm. because... I, I want the cherry tomatoes to be a little more blackened. Yeah. And then I'm like spice heavy. Like I like tons of ground pepper on things. Mm-hmm. So I honestly think too, I mean, I don't like my food to be too salty, but mm-hmm. it would not hurt to have maybe like a little piece of like bacon or something on the oh, side yeah. of this. And she actually does, she does, I think in the book, suggest to pair it with bacon, bacon mm-hmm. that she gives a recipe for. Mm-hmm. But overall, like the eggs are so fluffy and delicious, and you did a great job. Well, thanks. And I think if my pan wasn't so freaking hot, then these would probably be more blackened. It's okay. It's (laughs) great. So we are going to finish brunching, and then we'll be back to talk all about sleep. Mm -hmm. All right. Sleep. When it's good, you love it. Uh, when you're getting very little of it, you really miss it. And when it's bad, it's usually pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So let's chat, like, why why we have to sleep. Like, why do we spend 33% of our life asleep? What the hell is sleep anyway? Like, why do you just lay down and before you know it, it's the next day? What? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, Rachel. <laughs> well, thanks to this really cool presentation that you went to at, I just have to remind you, at yes, a food and nutrition conference. It was a year ago almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, we learned that sleep is actually... Here's, here's the actual like definition. It's a naturally recurring state of the mind characterized by altered consciousness, relatively inhibited sensory activity, inhibition of nearly all voluntary muscles, and reduced interactions with surroundings. Like, simple, right? <laughs> just, just super simple. So, like, okay, I'm ba- more confused. Basically, what does that mean, right? So... So it means like we, so we have this decreased interaction in response to the environment, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then you're usually in a specific posture. You're laying down, your eyes are closed, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Otherwise you're some strange person who can sleep with your eyes open. Oh my God. And then um, during this time, you're hopefully normally going through the sleep states, which there's like non-REM sleep, so N-R-E-M, and there's four stages within that state, which work to let your body rest, and then you are able to reach metabolic restoration. So, talked about four stages, right? So in stage one, this is very light sleep. Uh, You easily go in and out of it, and you can be aroused or woken up very easily, and our muscle activity slows. And then during this stage, you've talked about having this, like um, people experience sudden muscle contractions called hypnic myoclonia, Mm -hmm. and it's often preceded by a sensation of starting to fall. Yeah. So that's why people, again, you're in that light sleep, so you wake up really quickly and you really think like, oh my gosh, I almost fell off my bed or something. Right. It's just because of that that muscle activity. Mm -hmm. Then we enter stage two. And then um, our eye movements stop and our brain waves slow down. Mm-hmm. Then we get to stage three. And you should have extremely slow brain waves called delta waves. And then those are interspersed with smaller, faster waves. Honestly, I don't really know why what any of that stuff means. But anyways, <laughs> stage four, the brain then produces delta waves, those real slow waves, almost exclusively. And it's it's hard to wake someone up in stage three or four sleep. Like that's considered your deep sleep. Yeah. Um, there's no eye movement or muscle activity. And this is where people might have night terrors or sleepwalking occurs or bedwetting if you're a kid or <laughs> other ages in yeah. which that might happen. <laughs> uh, okay. And then there is REM sleep where you have rapid and jerky eye movements, you have loss of muscle tone, and your brave wave patterns at this stage are really interesting because this is where you dream and you dream hard. Oh yeah. People who wake up during REM sleep report very vivid dreams. And so again, you know, five stages of sleep, the final one being REM where you vividly dream, but how does consistent normal sleep relate to health? Well, actually, it does. Yeah, it plays a huge role in um, physical health. Um, so sleep is involved in healing and then repair of all of like your heart and blood vessels. Um, and then if you don't sleep for a long time, if you have like a, if you're deficient in it, then it's been linked to increased risk of heart disease, kidney disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, like stroke, stroke. on and on and ah, on. Sleep, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Um, and so, and it also increases the risk of obesity. Um, so sleep, it promotes growth and development in children and then, um, and then also plays a huge role in puberty and fertility. So if you're trying to have a baby, go it's to important. sleep. It's important. <laughs> you think you need to be up, up but you got to go to bed. Too. <laughs> yeah. So actually sleep helps us maintain a healthy balance of many different hormones, not just our reproductive hormones like insulin, which is produced by our pancreas, and it helps control our blood sugar level. And sleep deficiency results in higher than normal blood sugar level, which, like we said, it can increase your risk for diabetes. And also some other hormones that relate to sleep, um, the ones that make us feel hungry, that hormone's called ghrelin, which yeah an easy way to remember that is like grr your stomach is grumbling you're hungry and then the the hormone that helps you feel full which is called leptin so when you 
have inadequate sleep, your level of ghrelin goes up and your level of leptin drops. So if you are not well rested, you might feel inappropriately hungry and you may eat when in fact you just need to sleep more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a question a lot of our listeners may have is, so I should never eat past a certain hour. Like, am I just tired, not hungry? And honestly, when it comes down to it, our answer, like many fellow dietitians, (laughs) um, it really depends. Yeah. Um, a lot of unneeded calories are often consumed like after dinner, before bedtime. So you really just kind of have to ask yourself, am I hungry? Am I just eating out of boredom? Am I tired? Am I procrastinating on something? Am I just feeling some other emotion that I'm trying to compensate for? Right. So sometimes you maybe didn't eat enough during the day. I say this a lot to people actually. And now that I look at this, I'm like, oh yeah, I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You may not have eaten enough. Evaluate what you did eat during the day, especially like at dinner. Did you get a lean protein? Did you get vegetables? Did you eat some fruit during the day? Do you have whole grains somewhere in the day? Right. Maybe some low-fat dairy. Um, If not, then snack on what you missed. Um, If you did have a balanced dinner and you still feel like truly hungry, opt for something maybe a little bit lighter, like an apple or like an appropriate serving size of something that you maybe are just craving. Yeah. Maybe like ice cream or a couple cookies. Or you just, maybe you really do want broccoli. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? Um, yeah, so if you really can't determine that, like, a physiological need to eat, then maybe you just need to head to bed. Yeah. Go to sleep. Right. And there's actual research that's been shown to show that, like, food consumed really late at night, anywhere from after dinner to outside a person's, like, typical sleep-wake awake cycle yeah the body is actually more likely to store those calories as fat and gain weight rather than burning it off as energy yeah yeah fascinating i know so it's really good to be aware and to have the Mm -hmm. knowledge and just decide for yourself like Mm -hmm. should i just go to bed am i really hungry did i have a busy day and i really didn't eat very much yeah so kind of myth busted should we do another yeah sound effect So, um, how much should we sleep? Quick and dirty answer. (laughs) It really depends on, there's the depends again. Yeah. It depends on your age. Um, but for young adults, the National Sleep Foundation found that seven to nine hours is the appropriate sleep duration for most young adults. And we'll link to the study if you want to, if you really want to read more. Yeah, because I mean everything from they had like newborns to infants right. to preschool, like older like adults, everything. everyone, like how much sleep was was appropriate. Yeah. But better question: How much do you sleep, Erin? I'm typically like right on the money, like about oh. about seven to eight hours. I'm pretty diligent about it too, like. But I wake up really early, so if I'm up late, my body's still, like, up early. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Go to bed. Yeah. That is funny. Um, What about you? I, honestly, it varies a lot. Um, And we'll get into this more, but even if I am sleeping around that same time frame as you... I'm not having very restful or restorative sleep, so right. that impacts me during the day. I try to get at least seven hours. Sometimes I get more, yeah. sometimes I get less. Oh. Yeah. But what keeps you awake at night? <laughs> <laughs> I think if I'm too hot, like temperature is huge. Um, my hot husband, and not in the <laughs> like husky sense, but. <laughs> But more of like, he is like a fiery furnace at night when he sleeps. Oh, like his skin is warm to the touch? Yes. So it heats up the whole bed sometimes. Um, And yeah, so temperature is big. Uh, Loud noises. And then if it's really bright in the room. Right. What about you? Um, Well, like typical stress, um, worrying about our country's future, things like that. But the big one, the real, real big one. I have narcolepsy. What is narcolepsy? <laughs> well, well, I've realized since being, this has been a recent diagnosis, but as I started to tell people about it, it's widely misunderstood. A lot of times 
when I tell someone that I have it, their first reaction is, so you just fall asleep while you're driving? Yeah. Or like you fall asleep while you're standing? You fall asleep while you're sitting? Um, because people make fun of it as right, if like, oh, you're right, just going to fall asleep. And right. Maybe. Or if people are like real, real tired. They'll say stuff like, oh gosh, I have narcolepsy. You know what right, I mean? Right. And like, while that certainly has happened to me, it's only a small, small part of narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. So narcolepsy, it is a neurological disorder, people. It is a chronic brain disorder that involves poor control of your sleep-wake cycles. So like my neurological boundaries between being asleep and dreaming, they have gone haywire, people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the best way I've come to describe most of my symptoms and what I've dealt with for many years of my life is that I'm often wide awake and dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I enter REM, that final stage of sleep, way too quickly. And for normal sleepers, like a typical sleep cycle is about like 100 to 110 minutes long, beginning with that wow. non-REM sleep and then transitioning to REM sleep after about 80 to 100 minutes. Well, people with narcolepsy like me are frequently entering REM sleep within just a few minutes of falling asleep. Holy cow. And that's how I was diagnosed, was that that's what they looked for in a sleep study. Right. And I, I just have been so fascinated since my diagnosis. Um, I've been researching a lot. And what they're showing recently is like, I most likely lack this neuropeptide called Hippocratin. It helps to um, promote wakefulness in your body. Mm-hmm. And it's caused um, by um, when you don't have, you know, the peptide, there's a deconstruction of the cells in your brain that are producing that. And so what's really intriguing to me and my sleep doctor is I have a really large family history of autoimmune disease. Yeah. My brother is a type 1 diabetic, which, you know, your body has attacked your pancreas. You no longer can produce insulin to control your blood sugar. Yeah. I have a cousin with celiac disease. Um, I have several family members with rheumatoid arthritis. Really? And so what my doctor was saying is it's not really a surprise because they're beginning to find that narcolepsy might actually be an autoimmune disorder. No way. Yeah, that literally your body has attacked the cells that allow you to have restorative sleep. Wow. I know. And I actually found out recently I have an aunt with narcolepsy. She's not a close aunt, so it's not okay. like I would have been able to talk to her recently or anything. Right. But, I mean, it just kind of goes to show just how much of that is in my family, you know? Yeah. And so how this is kind of all, like, manifesting in my life is I have really excessive daytime sleepiness And I do get those sudden, uncontrollable urges to fall asleep. And it's usually after like a really strong emotion, whether it's like being nervous or being excited or laughing really hard. Yeah. Um, And then I have cataplexy, which is a sudden loss of muscle tone while a person is awake that leads to feelings of weakness and like this loss of like voluntary muscle control. And it's actually happened right here on the show without anybody really realizing. So, like, when I laugh really hard, I lose control of, like, my legs and sometimes even my upper body. Yeah. And I pee my pants. Like, I sometimes cannot control it. Right. And so, again, voluntary muscle loss Mm -hmm. um, associated with, like, laughing, that strong emotion. Anyways, if I'm standing, I go limp. I usually fall over when I'm laughing if I'm standing up. Yeah, I've witnessed this. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I, I also suffer from sleep paralysis and hypnagogic hallucinations. What the hell does that mean? Which sounds oh. crazy. And to be honest, it's been the most frustrating part of this disorder. Okay. Um, so, so when you go to sleep... Normal people are going through the normal cycles of sleep and are getting to that REM sleep after a significant amount of time. Yeah. So their bodies have, you know, the eye movement has stopped, your muscles have stopped moving, you are in deep sleep, you can't be woken up, and then you can dream. Yeah. I lay down, I go straight into REM, 
which is where your muscles are supposed to be paralyzed so you're not moving during that vivid dreaming, but I'm still awake. Yeah. Which is why I say it's like being wide awake and dreaming. Mm -hmm. So I'm laying in bed, I close my eyes, and I can feel coming on. It's almost like a rush of paralysis. It kind of starts down in my legs and moves its way up. It's almost like I can just feel it inch by inch coming up, and I know that the cycle is about to hit, Mm -hmm. where I can still hear everything in the room. Sometimes I can open my eyes and see everything in the room, um, smell things in the room, but I literally cannot move and it becomes really difficult to breathe because you usually start to panic. It's not a normal feeling to be no. paralyzed in bed. So, yeah, I, I get this really kind of like labored breathing. It's really nerve-wracking and stressful, and it can last for quite a while. Um, there are techniques to like breathe through it and you know, not be so nervous and tell yourself it's normal. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people use it to guide themselves into lucid dreaming, which is where you're aware that you're dreaming, you can control your dreams, Yeah. which I can do, but usually it's so terrifying, you just want it to end and you want it to stop. Okay. So then while that's going on, again, like, your hormones are way off. Like, you are, again, dreaming while you're still awake. So I get these sensations that there is someone in the room. Usually it's like they're trying to hurt you or touch you or do something. And it sounds crazy. And I remember back in high school trying to explain this to a primary care physician and feeling like I was absolutely bonkers because Mm -hmm. I thought, this isn't normal. Normal people don't, this doesn't happen to people, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So anyway, what I've learned through the whole process is it is normal it's just happening at inappropriate times. Like usually those things are going on in your dreams, but I've gone into REM so quickly that my body can't compensate for that. So anyway, it can be really terrifying. And so it's gotten worse the last few years. And that's when I finally made the goal this year that I was going to go and talk to a sleep medicine professional and figure out like what's going on. Because this has been your entire life. This right? has been or most no. of my life. Most of your I, life. What my doctor said is I've probably been undiagnosed for at least 10 to 15 years. Holy cow. So 10 to 15 years of bad like, sleep. Bad sleep. And kind of like scary sleep. Like being yeah. very fearful and anxious to go to bed. Right. Um, yeah, I, I remember my first symptoms of the paralysis and the hallucinations when I was... I want to say like elementary school. So it's probably been most of my life. And yeah. I what I've understood so far is narcolepsy, the onset can be in like children and teens and it's not diagnosed till you're older and you can express what's happening. Okay. And I remember even younger trying to tell my parents like my dreams seem so real. Yeah. And they were like, I know dreams can be really scary, but I remember just trying Aww. to express like, but it feels like my dreams are in my room. Yeah. And I couldn't put it together until I was in high school. It was in anatomy. I think this was my senior year mm-hmm. and I had to do a project on sleep disorders. And I started reading about narcolepsy, and I remember going to my mom and crying, and I said, I have this sleep paralysis that it's talking about. And my mom was very supportive, and she said, well, then we need to go talk to a doctor about this, if this is what you have. And I remember at the time thinking, there's no way I could have narcolepsy, because I misunderstood it then, too. I remember thinking, I don't fall asleep while I drive. I don't fall asleep just talking to people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't associate, like, that I was so tired during the day. I figured, uh, you know, like, I'm up late, misbehaving as a teenager, <laughs> right. you know? Like, yeah. working... I wasn't misbehaving. I was, like, super straight edge. Like, I just <laughs> did my homework. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I was tired during the day. But when I went to talk to a primary care physician... Um, I said, as soon as I got in there, like, I'm experiencing sleep paralysis and blah, 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 blah. And then I was unfortunately cut off by the doctor who said, have you been diagnosed with that? And I said, no, I read about it and it's what I'm pretty sure I have. And then she told me, 
You really shouldn't be saying that you have that until you've been diagnosed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she said, I can refer you to a sleep specialist. I'm not sure what they can do for you if that's your only symptom. And I was remembered again feeling so embarrassed, feeling like, okay, then this isn't normal. This isn't a thing. Yeah. I never made the sleep appointment, never went, started college got worse in grad school, and that's when I really started to feel like I need to do something about this. This isn't going away. It's getting worse, especially with stress and, you know, being really tired from staying up and working on things. So it's been a long time coming is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And luckily when I met with a a pulmonologist is who I'm seeing who specializes in sleep medicine. He made me feel so amazing. He was like, oh no, like obviously it's abnormal for these things to happen, but in the context of what we're talking about, it's normal. Yeah. You know, like having sleep paralysis when you're narcoleptic, that's normal. Yeah. So he was the one that was like, I am pretty sure you have narcolepsy. Like textbook narcolepsy is what you're explaining if you have cataplexy and you have these hallucinations at night, you have the paralysis at night. And he was like, let's get you a sleep study. Like, let's get you diagnosed. I'm pretty sure this is what's happening. So I had a two-day sleep study. Two days. Two days. The first part is called a PSG study. And that's like the typical overnight. You are wired for sound. There are like these electrode things on your head. There is like this nasal cannula strapped to you, which isn't pushing anything into your nose, but it's measuring your output. Okay of oxygen and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there are these chest straps all over you. There's wires everywhere. There's goop in your hair. <laughs> There's like a pulse thing on your finger. I'm trying to remember. I remember just being like, how am I going to fall asleep here? Right, with all this of This is so stuff. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went to sleep with that. And so that first part of the study, they're obviously measuring like brainwave activity and like how long you're staying in certain cycles of sleep. Um, but they're also just trying to rule out sleep apnea. Yeah. Because if you have that, that might be why you're feeling so tired during the day. Yeah. And I did not have sleep apnea, so I stayed for the whole next day. And every two hours, I had to take a nap. And that's where they also were measuring how quickly you were going into REM sleep. So, so many questions. How do you take a nap? Like, how do you force yourself to take a nap. <laughs> Good question. I remember thinking there's no way in hell I'm going to fall asleep for any of these naps. And my doctor had said if you don't fall asleep, you don't fall asleep, but you do have to lay there and try to fall asleep. Okay. So, um I think initially I was woken up at 6ish in the morning by Julie. She was my <laughs> awesome sleep tech if she's listening. She was so cool. Yeah. Taught me a lot. Um but she woke me up and I had to stay up for I believe two hours and then I go and lay down and try to take a 30 minute nap okay I took a total of I think four naps and I fell asleep hard for each one really and actually the very first nap I took I had an episode of sleep paralysis whoa so I knew right away I was like I am and that's the thing too is like I'm awake and aware so I remember laying there thinking oh my gosh yes they're capturing the sleep paralysis like I'm not crazy they're gonna be able to have it documented I was just like feeling so triumphant that like oh my gosh this is gonna you know this is like medically documented now right And so that happened. I took several more naps, fell asleep every single one, and had crazy vivid dreams. Actually, I took notes after each nap so I could remember what my dreams were. But I mean, I was having crazy dreams, still aware that I was in the room. And so I remember even just thinking during my dreams, like, I'm so glad I'm here because they're going to be able to tell how crazy my dreams are and just like my eye movement, you know, things like that. And obviously at the sleep study, your um, sleep tech can't say anything to you about, you know, they have to be professional and they can't even give their opinion. Yeah. So I had to wait several weeks for my results. Um, Holy cow. I know. So you're kind of like waiting in anticipation. And as a side note, that day study is called an MSLT, if anyone is curious about it and it's like a multiple wakefulness test that they do 
for the whole day. Yeah. And they'll continue with it until they've reached, I think, a max amount of naps that you can take and they get enough information. So actually, I was able to go home early after, I think, four naps and she said, we have enough information. And so oh, even wow. though she said nothing about anything and was dismissed me professionally as they would any other patient, I thought, I hope it's that they have enough information to diagnose me. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I met with uh, my sleep doctor recently, about two weeks ago now, and she came in and she's like, yep, you don't have sleep apnea, you barely even snore, but you sure have narcolepsy. And I, my jaw dropped and I just felt a weight lifted off of me and I said, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. And she was so cool. She was like, I know, right? Yeah. Really? And she's like, isn't this awesome? And she's like, well, you know, I really shouldn't say it's awesome because why would anyone want to have a neurological disorder? <laughs> but we can do something now. Right, and right. she's like, and you are not crazy. You have not been making things up. And I just was overjoyed. I just was like to the point of wanting to cry. Yeah. Because for so long it had been such a burden and I didn't know how to explain it until I was able to learn more about it. Right. So anyways, I'm going to be starting medication and I'm just like so excited that my sleep's gonna get better. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can like people have asked like, what's it like then to have narcolepsy? Are you mm-hmm. just really, really tired? Do you fall asleep without trying? Um, and it is kind of just like I have a baseline tiredness, you know, which I've yeah. always felt like was normal and just like everyone deals like this. Everyone's just kind of tired. But I'm excited that I won't be tired all the time anymore. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I mean, I remember when we first met and we started just... This came up in conversation, I don't know, kind of almost immediately just because we were just chatting about random things. And yeah, I'm just so happy because it's such a long time coming and it's a part of your livelihood. I mean, mm-hmm. it affects everything. And there's been a few times that we've been recording like later at night and I've been like just very, I've been worried like just because mm-hmm. I want to make sure you like get home okay. And like you you always have a plan of like, oh, I'm going to call somebody or I'm going to do this and you always have yourself occupied right but yeah like this is so awesome so it's like i know high five i know i know so yeah if anyone's experiencing any of like the symptoms i talked about i mean gosh you can reach out to me and of course reach out to a medical professional (laughs) but yeah i'm just so excited for everything that's gonna come next yeah the journey continues yes So do you have any bedtime rituals? I will say this feels so trivial after I just (laughs) listened to your conversation. (laughs) Well, my bedtime rituals are um, I take take off my makeup. I always wash my face. This is, I do this all the time, every night, even if I'm like exhausted and like ready to fall asleep on the kitchen or on the, not the kitchen, like the bathroom bathroom counter. Yeah. I I have to do it. Um, Unless you wash your face in the kitchen. I don't know. I don't know. I might've done that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always brush my teeth. I put lotion on my hands and feet. I kiss my dog. I kiss Jason. I drink some water. Um, I'll make the bed if it's not made and I'll get into it. Okay. You're one of those people. Yeah. Okay. I like how it's, I like it if it's like smooth and fluffed out. But that's what you like. You like to kick out all the sheets. I do. Yeah. One leg out. I do. (laughs) Um, I sometimes read, not really often and definitely not lately. Okay. All right. My routine, I also just kind of wash my face. I usually Mm -hmm. take a shower at night. And I mean, I have been through every single bed night ritual trying to make me sleep better. (laughs) Sure you have. Everything from like sleep hormones um, obviously like not prescribed over the right. counter, like, like melatonin. melatonin and stuff like that. Um, I've avoided screens. I've tried journaling. Actually, that was something I think that really what got me super into journaling was when I was younger and I tell my mom I'm having these crazy dreams. She'd yeah. be like, well, before you go to bed, like write things down, get everything out of your head so you don't have stressful dreams. And I would just kind of journal about my day before I went to bed. And I still do that. I have a five-year memory journal. And I every day just write a little something about Mm -hmm. the day before I go to bed. And as a side note, growing up, I also kept a dream journal. But not like you would typically think. Like you wake up and write your dreams so you remember them. I would journal about dreams I wanted to have. 
And then I'd go to bed and say, oh, I want to have that dream. That'd be fun tonight. Because I am such a lucid dreamer since I'm so in between like consciousness and dreaming that I could kind of play with my dreams. Is that weird or what? This is like the start. You should write like a screenplay. A screenplay? Like literally, I feel like you could, there's this world that could exist in that, I don't know. Anyway. Right. It's It's kind of like that. I've never seen Inception, but maybe it's kind of like that. Maybe a little like that. Yeah. And there is a woman who wrote a book. It is called actually Wide Awake and Dreaming. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name's Julie. And she, similar to me, like diagnosed with narcolepsy in her mid twenties and just how it saved her life like she was trying to get through I think law school whoa and was just like not able to stay awake and was like waking up suddenly and having been asleep for hours without trying and that's happened to me too so yeah good resource there and gosh I'm off topic now but what else do I do before bed same thing I put I put lotion on my face always brush my teeth Mm -hmm. floss I like a clean mouth (laughs) um what else just chat with AJ for a little bit. Um, when when sleep has been really stressful, I'll try to like watch something on my phone that's calming, um, which I know people are like, screen time, what the heck? But I actually even Much asked my sleep doctor, like, has that been bad? Is that inhibiting me? Because I've tried to not have screen time and nothing's helping. And he's like, literally, it doesn't matter if you have narcolepsy. You know, yeah. with other people, it is still stimulating. But when you literally can't have a normal sleep cycle, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what you okay. do. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, just kind of like try to relax and take it easy before bed. Yeah. Um, so do you have any bad sleep habits, things you shouldn't be doing before bed <laughs> that you do anyway? <laughs> well, typically, kind of like you, I always talk with Jason before we go to bed. There's sometimes, though, that... For some reason, I've had the entire day or evening to discuss this, but sometimes I'll end up having like really deep emotional conversations like right before bed or oh. in bed. And I really have to stop and do this when we're both awake, like uh-huh. like fully awake because, right. oh God, then I, you can't sleep after that. It's can't sleep stupid. And like you don't usually have the same like mental capacity no. to like have a constructive conversation. No. So you're saying stupid things. Right, oh, right, yeah. right. Um, I, I do sometimes use, um, like tech stuff like computers or my phone, like right up until I have to go to bed sometimes, not all the time. Um, and then I am actually pretty dead to the world when I sleep. Like (laughs) I am like down for the count and I won't wake for a lot of things. Like this is actually a little story in our very first apartment that we both lived in together. Um, we had our bikes outside in our, our little patio and we were on the first floor and the patio had kind of like a wooden, um, little, what do you call it? Like Like a picket type fence thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we had our bikes out there and they were, um, hooked to one of the railings of the fence thing. Okay. I can't think of the word. That's okay. (laughs) Um, and we were both sleeping and in the middle of the night, um, and this is, I will say this is all Jason telling me, um, <laughs> these people came and they stole our bikes actually like off the porch, even though they were like hooked to the fence and yeah. they just kicked it in and were able to pull oh, them out. Oh, so like noisy is what you're saying. Like noisy stealing a bike. <laughs> and Noisy theft robbery. Noisy theft robbery. Like, ah. <laughs> and like Jason like apparently leapt out of bed and was like, trying to run outside to see if you know they could still find them and know they were long gone with their bikes and he comes back and he like wakes me up and i'm like what just happened yeah Yeah, and i like i'm so asleep i didn't hear the whole thing so anyway that's to the extent of how (laughs) How hardcore (laughs) (laughs) um i i feel like my sleep habits i mean i just i can't sleep like i literally physically can't have normal sleep yeah so all this time I've probably felt like my habits were bad but I think a lot of it was like trying to like compensate for not being able to sleep well so like staying up late because like I just would feel anxious about going to bed so all of a sudden before I knew it it was like two in the morning and I was like I have to go to work tomorrow or I have to do things tomorrow you know yeah so that's hard I'm trying to think um think sometimes too I'll have a bad habit like we talked of earlier like wandering in the kitchen a lot of times I won't eat anything yeah but I'll just kind of be like huh 
what's in here? Oh, interesting. And then I'm like, just go to bed. You're just procrastinating going to bed. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So just trying to <laughs> battle with a sleeping disorder, I guess. Definitely. Gosh. What's your bed situation like? Which you have made mention before. I know you love your bed. I really do love my bed. So it's called the yoga bed. I talked about this back in our favorites episode i think it's one of my favorite things that we own actually (laughs) um it's just super comfy and we have really soft sheets um the room is very calming in color it's kind of like a light gray um there's some blues and whites and it kind of reminds me of like a cloudy beach day i I love that yeah Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to be super chill i'm yeah all about like i want the room to be like relaxing and yeah that's it yeah yeah, for you? sure. For sure. Um, similar, like we have a, a queen size bed. Yeah. And white sheets, white pillows. Um, I actually have this blanket that I've used since forever. It used to be an old blanket of my parents, like an old like bedspread. I don't really think it was ever anything they like cuddled up with. Yeah. But it was for sure on the bed for the majority of their marriage. Yeah. And I have stolen it and it's like just this ugly flower printed thing with like clumped up fluff in the middle. <laughs> but it's just the most comfortable blanket to to sleep with. Really? Like it's not heavy so you can use it through the summer, but then in the winter it still has like a certain amount of fluff and warmth to it. <laughs> and so we use that. Um, otherwise though, like we, we don't put that on the bed during the day. Like we actually fold it up and put it in like a, a bin yeah. and put over like this really light gray quilt. Okay. And then just like some pillows and stuff like that. And then we just moved. So our new house, like the room, it's like white walls Mm -hmm. and we keep everything really minimal in there. Same as you like just Mm -hmm. relaxing, not crowded, not like there's a lot of stuff in there to do other activities yes which is what what we'll talk about is like oh yeah. reser- reserving your room just for sleeping mm-hmm. but what do you wear to bed well <laughs> i just saw what you wrote well most nights i actually sleep naked just like, putting it out like there. Like butt naked? Like naked. Oh my god! I can't believe I just said that on a podcast. Naked. Naked, yeah. Yeah, so the more you know. What if it gets cold? If it's cold, I wear socks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we know me. I don't ever wear pants. Yeah. So like... Like you're not wearing pants right now. No, I am wearing pants right now. But like, honestly, like the first thing I do when I get home from work is rip off my pants. Yeah. And then same at nighttime, like... I just wear a big comfy t-shirt. Yeah. And that's it. Cool. And I really, I've been reading an article about like supporting your breasts at night. I usually don't wear a bra. Should you? That's what I've been reading. It's saying like, just like they still need to be up. Serious? I don't oh, know. No. I think I might sacrifice, have some saggier boobs just for the comfort of not <laughs> wearing comfort. a bra all day long. Hey, that's true. Because that's also what I like to do after I get home from work. Take off the take bra. Take off the bra. Man, I feel you. Oh, I will say, if I'm staying over at someone's house, oh. or if I'm, if I'm like at my parents' house, I always wear clothes. I will add that too, that like traveling, yeah. staying with a roommate or something. Yeah. I know. And it's annoying. Actually, I will like pack the pants with like disgust. Like, ugh, yeah. I, have to, <laughs> I have to wear these this weekend in front of people. And actually, there was like a trip I almost went on in high school with some friends. And my parents literally sat me down to say, when you go on this trip, you need to wear pants and you should probably wear a bra. And I was oh so God. embarrassed. I was probably like 15 or 16. And like when I lived at home, my parents were so often like, you need to wear pants. You can't just run around in like a big shirt and underwear. Yeah. Like- You're an adult. <laughs> anyway just hate pants let's close out with your number one advice for better sleep well kind of like anything that we've talked about on this show it's kind of going to be different for everyone Mm -hmm. i mean i what works for me is i just ultimately like to de-stress i like to make that room a no stress zone so making it 
just as like a haven for comfort relaxation um i don't really believe in having like a tv in the bedroom i don't have a tv yeah, in bed don't either that's right a lot of people do and it's just i don't know i don't really like yeah. it that being said sometimes i will like check stuff on my phone same yeah like but... i'll bring it in there if i'm like the bathroom's connected to the room so maybe i'll bring the ipad and watch netflix or something right but, you know the sleep time it's sleep time right um I'll like try not to be on my phone, try not to like do other stuff. You know, just keep your room for sleep and maybe something else. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Yep. My mom was a big proponent of that. Like, don't study in your bed, mm-hmm. don't eat in your bed. Yes. Like, just sleep there mm-hmm. and have sex there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, and do you have any more advice? That's it. Okay. I will say my best advice I can give is if you are truly suffering from bad sleep and you just have a gut feeling that mm-hmm. something is not right, mm-hmm. do not wait like I did. Mm-hmm. Like my again, my sleep doctor thinks I've been undiagnosed with narcolepsy for at least ten to fifteen years. Wow. That's ten to fifteen years, at least a decade of horrible non-restorative sleep it's like half your life yeah like literally literally half oh my god probably more than half my life yeah and i mean learn from me talk to your doctor because even if if it's not a sleep disorder they can still talk about like better sleep techniques they can talk about sleep hygiene Mm -hmm. um Having a support system was a really big thing for me. Like yeah. that AJ understood about sleep paralysis, you know? Because yeah. I will say, I once had sleep paralysis in front of someone who was not a good friend. And this person had no idea what to do. Really? And when I came out of it, the person's like, what just happened? Oh, God. Because it sometimes when you're struggling against it, it can almost look like you're having a seizure or like you're possessed. Oh, no. Because you can't breathe. Your body's struggling. Well, it feels like you can't right. breathe. You still can. But anyways, AJ's always been really understanding. And so when it does happen, again, since I'm aware of what's going on in the room, he'll say things like, hey, I think you're having sleep paralysis. Remember, you need to relax. Aww. It's going to be okay. So stuff like that. And yeah. like my family is really aware of it. Mm-hmm. I had sleep paralysis once. I, you know, like couldn't control falling asleep in a math class in high school. And I remember having sleep paralysis in my class. And I remember thinking, well, I could still hear everything going on. Like, how am I supposed to wake up? What if what if my teacher comes over to wake me up and I can't get out of this deep sleep? Holy cow. It was totally terrifying. So just have people that understand how bad your sleep is or or like what habits you need to have to have good sleep and yeah. just take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Should we close this out? I think so. I'm actually tired, so I like, <laughs> want to go to bed or something. <laughs> Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, we'd like to send out a bat signal for <laughs> recipes. We're just saying this. We've had so we've actually had a lot of um, listeners email us their own kitchen creations. Yes, since we featured mm-hmm. um, Tracy's yeah. delicious quinoa bowl, which actually yes. right now has been our most popular episode. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone wants to make the recipe. Yes, it's Tracy, so you're so good. popular. Yes. <laughs> so we can't wait to plug them in future episodes if you want to send your recipes in. Yes. So yeah, keep them coming as it's equal parts fun to feature all of you and it makes for less work on our part. Yeah, so like <laughs> we're okay with that. Yep. Um, if you have any questions, maybe it's about food, maybe you're curious about, you know, like recipes that we've mm-hmm. been looking into lately. Um, maybe you want to know more about narcolepsy yeah. from me. Um, or you just want to chat with us. We would love, love, love hearing from you. Yeah. So you can reach us multiple places. Go to facebook.com forward slash table chat show. Um, like our page there on Twitter and Instagram. Both places we, we, blah, 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 we, 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 both. <laughs> Keep going. Twitter and Instagram. Both places we are at table chat show. Couldn't get that out there. That's okay. Uh, you can email us at heytablechat at gmail.com and our website where we always have show notes. We have like pictures, behind the scenes stuff, recipes, recipes, always, always recipes on there. 
tableshotshow.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes again. If you're feeling nice, we'd love to um, have a a review. Tell us what you think of our show. Yes, we love it. Yeah. I'm eating um, cold. (laughs) She's eating cold. uh, Baked oatmeal. Yeah. This helps other people find us, by the way. And it means a bigger community, more friends, blah, blah, blah. The world will be a better place. Yes. So thanks so much for chatting with us around our kitchen table. Now go away. Go live. Go sleep. Go do your thing and catch us next time on Table Chat, the show that's in need of a nap. Oh, good one. Bye. Bye. opportunities for cinematography okay created a monster (laughs) created a monster look what you've done oh yes you better work eggs shit on toast i forgot she yeah she has a whole chapter called shit on toast (laughs) yum all of these look so good i i've been kind of holding off buying this thinking oh you know i'll wait until it ends up secondhand mm-hmm. at my like local bookstore but i don't think i should wait anymore steak bites